You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're getting ready for the big NFL schedule release there, so we'll have some uh, good dissection of that when the dates and times for all of the games are announced this year. We now have an expanded schedule there, so instead of uh, 256, we're going to have 272 games. Every team is going to play 17 here, so... That changes the landscape a little bit in fantasy football. One more week to play DFS. One more week to consider there as relevance for fantasy football. So we'll break that down for you, what the changes mean there on Thursday's and Friday's show here. We're building up to Wednesday's show, and uh, we'll uh, maybe take a little different direction there for you. But we're going to continue with our series here. We're looking at the risers and fallers. We did the risers and fallers in the AFC. We did the risers in the AFC. That would say we have to talk about the fallers here. These are the guys, one per every team, that stand out. These guys are most affected by what has happened in the NFL offseason, most adversely affected, negatively impacted, however you want to look at it. So whether it's a change there in the scheme or philosophy or personnel or something related to them and their decline in production, these are the players that, uh, that we're trusting a little less and fading here in 2021 in fantasy football. Veterans that are established based on rookie situations and all that. So we'll get into that in a moment. We'll go east to west like we always do on our conference-specific show. So start at the Cowboys, end at the Seahawks. Go there for you, alphabetical order by division. First, got to tell you, NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight every game, team, and move. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe where you get your podcasts. All right, let us uh, look at the NFC, and we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think this was the best situation developing here for Michael Gallup. Now, they're going to have to make a decision on Michael Gallup, but certainly with Amari Cooper signed to a big deal, and C. Lamb is a first-round pick, there I think the investment resources at wide receiver are going to go leaning towards them. So they didn't, Cowboys didn't look really look at veterans here, but they did draft a guy, Simi Fioko of Stanford, a big-bodied guy that you can put on the outside. They also have uh, other people there that you look at, uh, Noah Brown in the mix, uh, different type of uh, carryover receivers in Dallas. So I don't know. I think Michael Gallup, again, when Dak Prescott healthy, I know Prescott and Gallup had a good chemistry, but CeeDee Lamb was off to a hot start last year. He was working at his wide receiver three, Amari Cooper, was getting going there. You also have uh, tight ends should be a little bit more involved with uh, Blake Jarwin there and Dalton Schultz. You got Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard out of the backfield. So I know they want to get it downfield, but they have a lot of ways to uh, stretch the field uh, horizontally here. And Cooper and Lamb can't be kind of discounted to make some big plays either. Just have more big playability, have some size on the outside, some versatility in their offense. They don't have to look at Michael Gallup's way. So, to me, Gallup has a limited ceiling just because of being the third option on his 
team. And uh, I think Cowboys, I don't think there's any way they keep him happy and around for Prescott. So there's been talk about trading him at some point before his rookie deal ends up. So they get something for him. But yeah, Gallup uh, slowly being faded out and no fault of zone. They took Lamb. That was a bit of a surprise last year. They've had tight end coming back, which should be a bigger part of the offense. So yeah, Gallup is a fine player. It's just the Cowboys made a move where they kind of locked themselves into a situation where they got to move on from Gallup versus Lamb here sometime soon. All right, then we turn our attention to the New York Giants. I think Sterling Shepard was hurt a lot by this offseason. We thought things were looking great for him when they weren't doing anything, and Golden Tate was gone. Shepard could work the slot where he's comfortable again. Inside, open it up for... Daniel Jones, but now you add another slot receiver in the first round, Kadarius Toney, a big slot with some big playability. You have Darius Slayton on the outside. He's had an established chemistry with Jones from the get-go as they came in together as rookies. And then you add Kenny Galladay as your number one. And don't forget, uh, you also added Kyle Rudolph with Evan Ingram at tight end. So, yeah, it wasn't the greatest situation for Sterling Shepard. You have another intermediate receiver there with Rudolph joining Ingram. You've got multiple slot options here that can help you there for the Giants uh, with Tony having a first round pick next to him. So Sterling Shepard has been pretty solid. They gave him the deal. They stuck with him over Odell Beckham Jr. But again, just there's not a lot of mouths to feed here. They may want to get Tony's speed showcased a little bit and quickness. So that's going to come at the expense of someone in the slot. You also have Galladay being a true dedicated number one to get targets. Slayton still in the mix. And Rudolph is certainly going to steal some targets, as well as Saquon Barkley returning in the backfield. So, not the greatest situation for Sterling Shepard. I don't know exactly how this Giants passing game is going to play out. I feel pretty confident that Kenny Galladay is going to be the go-to guy and a big part of it if they invest a lot in him. But after that, I think it's going to be more of a committee approach with Barkley's checkdowns and the work to the tight ends also being included in how Jones looks at the field. So, not a great situation here for Sterling Shepard with the great crowd developing at wide receiver. Let's go to the Eagles, and uh, this one, uh, we're breaking down and doing the research on this, and it, it got actually worse for this runner over the weekend. Miles Sanders, not feeling it here with Nick Sirianni, used a pick on Kenneth Gainwell. They brought back Boston Scott here in the mix. You still have Jordan Howard. That was a little bit of a weird move that the Eagles brought him back again, so they must like something he does in their style of offense as a power back, so... Jordan Howard is there. Scott is a good change of pace. You got Kenneth Gainwell in the draft out of Memphis. I thought he should have been the earlier pick. And then they added Carrion Johnson. Remember Carrion Johnson? We were hoping and hoping with him with the Lions. It never quite worked out. When he was healthy, he was productive, but it was very limited time. The Lions got frustrated. They move on from that second-round pick. Carrion is gone. Now they're all in on DeAndre Swift as their main guy. So... Carry-on gets in the mix here with Sanders, with Scott, with Howard, with Gainwell. That's not looking good for Miles Sanders. And Sanders was disappointing last year. Couldn't stay healthy. He didn't get enough touches. I don't think this situation is going to help him feel a little bit better about his uh, value here to the Eagles. As a once-promising back there, thought he could kind of follow the reins of Barkley coming out of Penn State and going to the NFC East and dominating. That has not quite happened here in 2018. 20, and I don't think it's going to happen necessarily in 2021 either. Finally, let's look at uh, the Washington football team before we take our first break. We'll cover the rest of the 12 NFC teams after that. But we look at the Washington football team. I think the guy that didn't like the situation probably is Logan Thomas. I mean, he's still going to be a key part of what they do with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you look at the receiving core much better here. 
with Curtis Samuel, with Adam Humphreys here, helping your number one receiver, Terry McLaurin. Samuel can work the slot. We know Humphreys is dedicated to slot, so Samuel might play more outside. They also had the John Bates, a backup tight end. Don't forget about the two Sims here, Stephen Sims and Cam Sims. They're around as well. Antonio Gibson, a big part of the backfield receiving, as well as J.D. McKissick. So Logan Thomas, out of necessity, was a big deal last year for the Washington football team. You got it done with whoever was out there, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke. It didn't matter, Alex Smith. He was there producing at tight end. But now you've changed quarterbacks completely, so you lose uh, most of that chemistry with Haskins and Smith gone. We'll see how much they play uh, Heineke and Allen here, but it looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick likes to throw down ball downfield. They got, again, they're not a lot of vacated targets, but a lot of guys coming in here like Samuel and Humphreys. Samuel and Humphreys can both work in the middle of the field. Got a more decent backup, the rookie Bates. So all these things add up for Logan Thomas not having the same type of production as a trusted QB1 and or a tight end one. I mean, he was a QB1 for Virginia Tech, but as a tight end one, I think his value days are limited here, especially now with Rob Gronkowski having a full season, TJ Hawkinson kind of locked in, George Kittle being back healthy and productive there at tight end. We know Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey are at the top of it. And uh, more and more young tight ends having fantasy relevance, such as Kyle Pitts there from the draft. So, again, all that is hurting uh, Logan Thomas where he stands in the pecking order, not just with the Washington football team's passing game, but as far as NFL receiving tight ends as a whole. All right, there's a look at the Four guys with uh, falling stock from the NFC East. We still have to take care of the teams from the NFC North, NFC South, and NFC West. We'll do that in our final three segments. But if you're not going to bet online, you should, because bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at bet online. We're in the middle of triple crown season as well for horse racing, so that's exciting. You have NFL draft uh, leading into over-under win totals and other prop bets here for awards and all that. So check that out. Get all the latest news and odds and information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for the runs in the playoffs there got NBA is getting ready to do that. Hockey is about to drop the puck for the Stanley Cup chase here. So a lot of good excitement still coming up a little extended here for the late spring, early summer. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On. Again, the promo code Locked On gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to start looking at the teams from the NFC North and the players that we might be avoiding in fantasy football for 2021. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024. All right, uh, let's look at the Chicago Bears. We had a 1B option here with Anthony Miller. I think Daz Newsom is going to have a key role at some point working the slot between Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. They don't really like Miller. 
and you had uh, Cole Komet set, set up there as well. So different uh, feeling in the passing game, but still the principles are there. And Miller wasn't a big fantasy radar guy. But I think the guy I'm going to circle is David Montgomery here. So, yeah, it was a very nice season for David Montgomery. He put it all together. He bulked up a little bit. The offensive line helped. They fed him the ball enough. Tyree Cohen got hurt early in the season. So Montgomery had this backfield pretty much to himself to produce. He had Cordell Patterson there, but he was not a true dedicated running back there to really cut him to touches. He was more of a gadget player. But now they had to replenish a little bit. Tyreek Cohen comes back. He's a change of pace guy. He was used a lot and annoyed people there with his usage behind Montgomery. You also have Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech. And you signed Damian Williams there, the former chief. So there's certainly some depth here that the Bears did not have at running back last year and reliability behind David Montgomery. So again, things not going the right direction. I think the biggest help there is Justin Fields coming in. The running quarterback always helps a running back. But overall, I think David Montgomery might see his touches reduced or they could go into more committee mode. We have seen it before here with Matt Nagy and this offense. Maybe Bill Lazor will talk about it. But remember, Bill Lazor came from Cincinnati where they had that uh, short-lived combination there, Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. And they worked in Gio Bernard and Joe Mixon. So they've always had two-back systems there with Lazor. So we're going to watch that, and uh, certainly not uh, something that's great for David Montgomery. I still think he can be an RB2, but we wish the backfield hadn't uh, gotten a little bit uh, as crowded as it is now. Let's go to the Detroit Lions, and this one was tough. I'd say you look at uh, the incumbent here at uh, tight end, TJ Hawkinson. He's going to be the key number one receiver. We've talked about that, but... I don't think it's a good situation for Jared Goff. And I don't think it was great for DeAndre Swift either. I mean, Jared Goff is a newer player, so we probably had limited expectations of the stock anyway. But you look at DeAndre Swift. They did add uh, Jamal Williams. They drafted back. They've got some usage there. I don't think they're ready to give DeAndre Swift the full boat here. It's a new style of offense with Anthony Lynn. He probably wants to diversify a little bit with his backfield. So that's what often happens. New coaching staff is going to change things up, have different favorites here. The way they use certain positions. So DeAndre Swift is very special talent, but we're afraid that they might want to incorporate more backs in this mix, not keep him from being a feature back that he has the ability to do coming out of Georgia. It's a little bit of concern there with DeAndre Swift, and that, that's what we look at. But yeah, Goff coming in, it's not good at all, the transition from the Rams to the Lions. The weapons are still a work in progress here. And uh, again, not much is here with Detroit, but Hawkinson for sure a big beneficiary because he's going to get more involved. But Swift having to share touches on a bad team, not so good for him. Let's go to Green Bay here. And uh, the question with the Packers is, who's taking a hit? I think it has to be a tie between Marquez Valdez-Scantling and uh, what we see with Alan Lazard. I mean, you add a dynamic receiver to Amari Rodgers here. You uh, keep Aaron Jones. You get another pass catching back late in the draft here to help with Kylan Hill. Then you have uh, also A.J. Dillon, who should grow as a receiver out of the backfield here in year two. Robert Tunyon establishes a go-to guy at tight end for Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, not a great development. I think Devontae Adams is a bit of an opening. Remember that MBS and Lazard could have been a little bit more special in that offense. Didn't We We didn't see that here. So, some of those guys are hurt. I don't think Devontae gets a dent at all here, but these peripheral receivers that are trying to hold on, led by MBS, not a good situation here. 
as I expect Amari Rodgers again working the slot to make a lot of big plays and be incorporated into the offense rather quickly. The next uh, team we look at as we close the, out the NFC North, uh, you have to look at the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, I think I'm going to just go and say it's Alexander Madison. They drafted a, another back there, so Kane Nwangu in the backfield with just the depth there, so maybe not thrilled with Madison that he had one chance to really prove himself man down with Cook. We thought he was an easy plug-and-play, didn't quite produce in that game, and also has had some health issues of his own, so... Madison's a pretty good back, but again, the handcuff might be changing here to Kenny Naganyu. Again, for the Vikings, I mean, pretty much status quo. We see Irv Smith being bumped up behind Adam Thielen there and Justin Jefferson. But backfield, again, we're going to look at uh, here. So the Vikings pretty much know what they're doing and kind of stick with trying to improve the strengths of who they have. So Smith gets a bump up, but you have to say Madison with the drafting Naganyu. That's going to be a tough name to say, but... We'll call him Kenny for now. So Kenny is killing, technically, the fantasy handcuff value of Alexander Madison here in 2021. All right, let's go to the Atlanta Falcons. And I don't think this is a great offseason for one Mike Davis. And uh, here's a different reason here. Because, look, they don't have a lot. They have uh, Tony Brooks-James. they got Kadri Olsen. But I really like Javion Hawkins. I don't think they upgraded their offensive line enough. So kind of a new guy that became the older guy by default here. But I don't love this running game. I still think the defense is going to stink. You're going to throw a lot. Mike Davis is not the most durable guy either from his past. And I, I think, again, watch out for Javion Hawkins uh, maybe stealing his job uh, as the Falcons' uh, preferred young back of choice here in 2021. As uh, Davis is a little older, he's bounced around at different teams as a backup, including Seattle, San Francisco, and Carolina. Speaking of Carolina, they're the next team we're going to talk about here. And I think the guy that we don't like here, I mean, Dan Arnold is low-hanging fruit. I mean, you look at Tommy Tremble in the mix. Ian Thomas is there, so you look at that. But I think the guy that uh, is really hurt is uh, Robbie Anderson. You add some more weapons there. you got Terrace Marshall. You've got uh, David Moore in the mix as well, the former Seahawk. Again, everyone's going to say Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson. They click, click, click. But... Robbie Anderson, again, was pretty hot in fantasy football, cooled off. DJ Moore, I think, is the better receiver all around. He's really the true number one. Marshall is pretty much an Anderson clone. You also have Christian McCaffrey here to get check downs and catch pass. That way, mentioned a little bit of Dan Arnold and Tommy Tremble. They're going to have a little bit bigger tight end presence here. Don't sleep on Shai Smith. They're their late-round pick being a slot presence here to help replace Curtis Samuel. So a lot of uh, vacated targets here, but also improved by McCaffrey coming back to swallow up what uh, Samuel gave them last year. So I, I just have a feeling Robbie Anderson's going to fade. And remember, with Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson had pretty much was great in December, but really disappeared for most of the year there. So something to watch here in Carolina. All right, so we do need to get into the final teams here that we look at. So two more from the NFC South and all of the NFC West to close the show. Before then, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now possible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront while your door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning. And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to Rocco.com at home and in your pocket. At Rocco.com, you'll find a catalog that's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and see 
and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. You'll find everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether you're a classic driver or you're a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door from rockauto.com. Best of all, as I mentioned, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? To save money right now, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you here from locked on. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to start looking at the Saints and Buccaneers uh, detrimental player here from the 2021 NFL offseason. All right, let us uh, close the show here with a look at six more teams. Let's go to the New Orleans Saints, and the guy I've written down is Taysom Hill because, look, James Winston could easily beat him out for the job. I don't know if they're interested in, like, a wrinkle situation there. I know he's been helped a little bit by that situation, but keep in mind, as a starter, Taysom Hill had some good value down the stretch when he played those games for Drew Brees. As a gadget player, less interesting for us in fantasy football, just a guy that pilfers work from Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray and and the tight ends and all that when he's in there as a gadget player. So I think they might lean towards Jameis Winston. So Taysom Mills' value is going to be squashed here. If we think he can be a potential QB1 uh, there, I think it's going to depend on him starting for his own team. So Taysom Mill, the situations are not great. They've also tailored their game to be more downfield passing gear. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think it's going to be a horizontal team. they got to get vertical a little bit more, stretch of field. They have... A good young tight end. They're going to put in a little bit more there. And Adam Troutman here. So we have to watch how it develops here with the Saints and uh, Taysom Hill. But again, Jameis Winston. Again, I see more of a regular type of offense with Hill being the change of pace here. And I don't want uh, part of Hill in that situation here for fantasy football. So, yeah, we'll watch that. That's going to be the battle all offseason. Hill versus Winston. But I would say it's a slight lean towards Winston because he can do a little bit more to operate this offense here and spread the ball around. Well, Hill, I think, has some limitations. They'd have to adapt a lot of what they do offensively and uh, try to find some kind of downfield passing game. It's going to be a little bit harder to trust with Hill in there. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have to say the bad situation here is for Ronald Jones. Tom Brady got a lot of weapons. He's fine. He's looking good. But what happened with Ronald Jones? Leonard Fournette resigned. They made a signing of Gio Bernard. They still have Keyshawn Vaughn. This backfield is extremely crowded here. Bernard adding to the mix with Fournette certainly does not help. Vaughn could see a bigger role in his second year. Jones just can't like this. I mean, they like Jones a lot. He's been their main runner, but Fournette was the guy that came through more in the playoffs. He could catch passes. Bernard has that versatility as well. Jones is not adept in that part of his game, and now you have another person cutting into those potential touches there, as well as Fournette maybe seeing some early down power touches as well. So, not a good development here for one Ronald Jones to hold on to any kind of a reliable fantasy value here with this crowd in the Buccaneers' backfield. You want the crowd for a quarterback and receiver, but you don't want that crowd in the same backfield if you're looking at a running back in fantasy football. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. We know Chase Edmonds, with their limited offseason running back, really benefited. The guy that I think is really hurt by their offseason, Christian Kirk. He was a fringe, usable player in fantasy football last year. 
But now you have Andy Isabella fully healthy. You got A.J. Green in the mix, a little bit different type of receiver outside, still with some speed there versus Larry Fitzgerald at the moment. And the biggest deal was Rondell Moore. It was a very similar receiver, diminutive, dasher, can get him all over the field, deploy him to make some big plays. So Christian Kirk had some of those abilities. They did some flip passes to him and all that kind of stuff as well last year. So now you get more speed for the offense overall, which is great in general if you're trying to create matchup problems. But for the guys that are already there, Kirk is the clear uh, guy hurt most by this. Isabella, to some degree, you're having a few redundant players there. When someone is similar to what you do in terms of their skill set, it's going to hurt because they're going to get their usage there as well. So Christian Kirk certainly going in a different direction here. And keep in mind, Cliff Kingsbury didn't handpick Christian Kirk there, so he's handpicked Rondell Moore for the offense. So, yeah, not much you can see beyond DeAndre Hopkins that helps uh, Kyler Murray produce behind his running, but certainly a change up there with uh, now more in the mix with Kirk and Isabella. Finally, let's turn to the NFC West teams, and we'll look at the Los Angeles Rams. I don't think it was a very good offseason for Cooper Cup. Now, you lose Jared Goff. That's number one. Jared Goff is a guy that uh, had a great chemistry with Cooper Cup, throwing him all over the fields. So you have Van Jefferson. Yeah, he's still in the mix. But then you draft two receivers in the draft, including Brett Skoranek in the last round. You also have Deshaun Jackson in the mix here, added as a kind of a flyer big play threat to replace what they had with Brandon Cooks. Yeah, so it's not looking uh, great here for the Rams. I mean, really very deep offensive situation here when you look at it in Los Angeles and no key quarterback for your main uh, receiver here. So it's not good for Cup. I mean, Woods is also an interchangeable guy that can work inside and outside, Robert Woods. They did lose a tight end there in Gerald Everett, but I figure that's going to be more Tyler Higby's time to benefit there. You also had Tutu Atwell in the draft, a little bit of a gadget player, mainly has to play inside. So you have Jefferson, Atwell, Skoranek, Jackson, Woods in his established work. You got Cam Akers out of the backfield. You got looking at Tyler Higby maybe seeing a bigger role as receiver. And you got a change-up quarterback in Matthew Stafford where he's had moments with the slot guys, going back to Golden Tate and Danny Amendola. But you think Woods, Jackson, those type of receivers are going to be more in line with uh, Stafford as well as Jefferson in the mix and the big Ben Skoranek, who uh, has a good chance to make this team as a big target here for Stafford. So change in quarterback situation, change in wide receiver depth, usually not good for the slot guy that has been the dependable guy all over the field. Also someone who has some injury history. Cooper Cup is this falling stock guy for the Los Angeles Rams. For the 49ers, we need to find uh, someone there. I think clearly you have to start with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. There, but we knew that. I mean, they drafted quarterback Trey Lance. Everything was on the wall there, writing to say that he was going to be displaced at some point. So that's the obvious one. The not so obvious one is Raheem Mostert. Trey Sermon is getting a lot of buzz. Is having good fantasy value here early. I ranked him pretty high there when we broke down the rankings there. The initial rookie top thirty rankings for fantasy football in twenty twenty one. Sermon had the most appeal after those initial backs that we saw. I mean, Najee Harris obviously number one. Travis Etienne of the Jaguars, and then looking at Javonta Williams displacing uh, one uh, Melvin Gordon there in Denver. Well, you look at uh, the situation here, it's not good. I mean, you have Elijah Mitchell as well, Matt Breida type. You have Trey Sermon as a Tevin Coleman type. You already have Jeff Wilson Jr. there that was productive. Mostert can't stay healthy. Wilson had some injury issues as well. 
So yeah, definitely Raheem Mostert and his values uh, squashed here. He might be one of the swing backups, core special teamers again here developing. But yeah, you could have a mess of a committee there for Kyle Shannon, which he seems to like to frustrate fantasy football players, even uh, when he's got everyone healthy out there. And again, Mostert's had the durability issues here of late and uh, have plagued him throughout his career. And that's probably what's kept him from being more than just that speedster that... uh, runs and tries to get key touches here but can't stay consistently healthy strong and durable as the feature back for the 49ers let's go to the seattle seahawks and i don't think it was a very good offseason for russell wilson he's unhappy with some of the things that are going on you think in some ways the change in offense coordinator from brian schottenheimer the latest one you went from daryl bevel to brian schottenheimer to their current situation and you look at also those guys bevel and schottenheimer with the jaguars so that doesn't inspire too much they didn't really upgrade too much at receiver. They had limited draft picks. Their offensive line didn't get too much attention here. They did uh, get Dwayne Eskridge, but he's a little bit of a kind of a redundancy with Tyler Lockett here. So you don't necessarily get two slot guys on the field at the same time. So again, it's the cap of what you saw with Russell Wilson last year. He also tends to fade November, December. He's a guy that lights up fantasy football September, October, but fades and I don't think there are situations here that uh, help him maintain that high success throughout the year and maybe take a little bit of regression in his production early. So something to look at there. And the Gerald Everett helps only marginally there. They don't use the tight end as much. They already have Will Disley. So I think, if anything, he stays the same, but he drops a little bit down as a QB1 for me for the Seahawks here. As I think pretty much you can look at Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett as main weapons being good there but that's also not good for Russell Wilson where the diversity of his portfolio is limited there with the assets that can help him produce there and we might also see a little bit less running from Wilson out of uh, just pure getting older and uh, not wanting to take as many hits here if the offensive line isn't upgraded too much in his mind there to help him all right so there we have it there's now a look at uh, the guys with falling stock based on the nfl offseason all throughout the nfc team so we picked one per team there that stood out so brought that to you we'll have look later in the week we'll do a look at the afc and nfc look at the schedule stuff there the winners and losers there that we want to examine so we'll have to do that on thursday and friday we'll Come up with something for you tomorrow here as we continue to break down different parts of the offseason on Locked On Fantasy Football. So we'll dive into that here as our bridge into our look at the schedule. So again, if you missed our show on the AFC Risers and NFC Risers, those are up. Our previous show is on the AFC Fallers here in the offseason. Check that out. A comprehensive look at the league here even as we uh, get into the deeper, quieter part of the offseason. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Locked in Today podcast host Peter Bukowski updates you on the news in every major sport with the help of local experts there. Check that out here on the show. You have to uh, follow the Locked in Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you tomorrow as we continue our off-season look around the league.